Welcome to the Locking Castle Podcast. This Sunday morning's teaching is part of the Bible in two years. Well, uh, to repeat, if you didn't hear, I'm very excited to be here this morning uh, to share what I feel God has put on my heart um, for this morning. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm Daniel, and I'm from Yeovil Community Church, um, and I hear that you've been reading through John, um, and today you've been reading John 17. That's the, the chapter for today. Um, so I'm going to be speaking through the chapters of John 11 to 17. Um, And as with the whole Bible, there are amazing things in these chapters, such as Jesus washing the disciples' feet and the promise of the Holy Spirit. There's Passover, all these amazing things. But the thing, the topic and theme that that God put on my heart for this morning was um, a theme of preparation. Throughout all of John, Jesus is preparing the disciples for a life that follows him, a life that is is led by Jesus, but in these chapters of 11 to 17, it's just before Jesus' arrest, so he focuses more on preparation of the disciples for his death and for what that will entail for them. So I'm going to speak a little bit about that today and what that means for us in our lives and how Jesus prepares us for times of trials and times of tribulations and really, really difficult times. So as we step into these chapters of chapters 11 and, and 12, we enter into this, this celebration of Passover, of when the Israelites were being freed from Egypt, and the, just before their freeing, there was the angel that was going to pass over Egypt, um, and they were commanded to sacrifice a lamb and place its blood on the doorframe of their houses so that the angel would pass over them. So, yeah, Jesus, it, these parallels have been made to Passover, where... Um, Jesus is, is being shown to be the lamb of fulfilling that, that, that calling. Um, and he says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. So Jesus knows that this time is coming. And he knows that it will be a painful and agonizing time for him as he is crucified. But in that, he looks upon his disciples and he understands that they, followers of him that have laid their life down for him, thank you very much, um, that have laid their life down for him, will, will be hurting and they will be lost and they will feel hopeless because the person they've been following and devoting their lives for has just been crucified. Um, So Jesus, in this loving and caring heart for his disciples that he doesn't want them to lose faith, he doesn't want them to lose hope, he starts preparing his disciples. Um, And there's this beautiful just narrative of Jesus using parts of his life and parts of his, his work to prepare the disciples in their hearts and in their minds for his, for his death, but not to focus on his death, but to focus on the hope and the life that his death brings. And we start in chapter 11 with Lazarus. Um, so Lazarus was a friend of Jesus, and Lazarus's sisters uh, came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, Lazarus is ill. We need you to heal him. And Jesus was like, right, that sounds great. Let's go heal Lazarus. But before Jesus gets there, Lazarus dies. Um, and... He tells his disciples, he says, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Now, this is a funny story because Lazarus is in this place where Jesus just was, um, and he had to leave there because the Jews tried to stone him. And he's like, let's go back to heal Lazarus. Um, And the disciples are a bit confused by this. They're like, Jesus, they just tried to stone you there. Why are you trying to go back? And he's like, no, I 
want to go back. I have something planned for going back. Now, he could have healed Lazarus remotely like he did with the centurion's daughter, but he, he, he goes back into this place of, of dangerous territory to show his disciples something. He says, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe but let's go to him. So he, he chooses this opportunity of, of a time of grief. Someone's just died. It's, it feels hopeless. But he says, no, let's go. I want to show you something. And he shows the disciples his glory and that he is life over death. He says, it says, then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. So Jesus, he knows that the Father hears him. He knows that what he prays is heard by the Father. But he wanted, he, he did this for the benefit of the disciples around him to, to show them that in this supposedly hopeless situation, that there is hope because of Jesus and who he is, that he is the resurrection and the life. He prepares his disciples for the miracle to show them that he is greater than death. And this foreshadows his death on the cross and his resurrection, that, that he will be risen again. He then prepares them in a different way, with words and a promise. So the disciples can, will, will easily get distracted. They were sitting around this table and they were comparing who would be greatest and who would be the least. And, and Jesus was like, that's, that's not quite right, guys, all right. Um, but he, he, in this time... He wants to prepare the disciples for when he is no longer with them. He wants to prepare them for a time when he can't be there and, and comfort them. So he, he says this to them. And, and they're, they're com- confused about maybe what they're doing afterwards. Sorry. And Jesus says to them, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I not have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. So Jesus says this just after Peter denies him. Um, and he's, he reminds them. No, he, he, he says this just after he predicts uh, Peter's denial. Um, and he says this to remind them of the hope in the hopeless situation. So he's, he's shown them the miracle. He said, I'm greater than this death. I, I overcome death. He's shown them that. And now he's saying, in this death, where it seems hopeless, remember that there is hope. That I, I'm not just doing this. I'm not, I'm not just dying. But instead, I'm going back to my Father to prepare a place for you. I'm cleansing you of your sins, and then I'm going to prepare a place for you in the kingdom of heaven alongside the Most High. He, he, he also understands the disciples' situation, that they are humans, and he understands that we are humans, and we, we will forget the promises of God. We will forget the hope in the situations of, of supposed hopelessness, and we will be distracted. So Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to us. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So he is well aware that in our situations, we will lose hope. 
that's not what he's saying. He's not saying that he will remove all pain and all hope from our situations and just take it, us out of it and, and let it be easy. He was saying, you will be in situations of trials and tribulations. There will be difficulty in your lives and it will be difficult. You will forget my hope. You will be distracted from what I am doing, what Jesus is, is how Jesus is moving in that situation. And he understands that. And, and through his grace, he offers us the Holy Spirit who will teach us all things and remind us of everything he has said to us. He will remind us of the promises he has made. He will remind us of the wonders that he has done. And Jesus speaks a prayer at the end in chapter 17, our, our reading today. And this, this is a, a beautiful prayer. I'm going to start in, in verse 13. He says, I'm coming to you now. This is him speaking to God the Father. But I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of joy within them. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I'm of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, for you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world as, I'm, as I am not of it. Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself. They, they too may truly be sanctified. Now, this is an amazing prayer that Jesus prays over us. It is incredible that he intercedes for us on behalf of us, which, which is just so beautiful. And it is so prevalent for us today. It was prevalent for the disciples back then. He sent them into the world, but he has also sent us into the world today. And as I hear about your 24 hours of prayer, that is, that's an incredible thing. He has sent you into the world. There are problems in this world, and he's not said, ignore those problems, focus on me. He said, go into those problems and bring me. I'm not of the world, but we are in the world. And he, he sanctifies us by truth. So he encourages us to read our word, read our scripture, look through the promises that he, that he speaks over us. He also prays for all the believers. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me and through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be as one as we are and I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. The world will know that you sent me and have loved me, have loved them even if, even though, even as you have loved me. Yeah, and that is, is so beautiful. He calls us to come together. This is the the second way that Jesus teaches us to, to cope with, with trials and tribulations. He says, be sanctified by the truth. He says, stay in the word, read the scriptures, look at the promises, remember what I have shown you, remember the miracles I have done for you. He says, remember who I am. That's like his number, number one plan in trials and tribulations. He says, remember who I am. And then he says, be as one, stay together. And this is, this is what church is all about. It's about building each other up in faith. And as individuals, we go through tribulations, we can come to each other and we can say, this is what I'm going through. And we, we remind each other of who Jesus is through our love with one another. Um, and yeah, this passage speaks of a God 
who is a God who prepares us for the trials. He does not lead us into situations that he has not prepared us for. He, is not, he does not lead us into situations that he has not shown he has already overcome. He says he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son who he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. He says that in, in all situations, he is king. We were singing a song earlier. All powers, all thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, he reigns above them all. And isn't that true? He reigns above every situation. That he want, that's what he wants us to, to remind us of. And that's what he wants us to remind each other of. And that, that is a truly beautiful thing. So as we go through our lives as Christians, as we go through our lives in the church, we go through seasons on the mountains and we go through seasons in the valleys. And in the mountains, when we feel close to Jesus, when we feel like we can reach out and touch him, he is preparing us for those seasons in the valleys. When we feel like he is distant when we feel like all hope is lost, like he has been nailed to a tree. Although he is with us, and we, but we might not feel it, he prepares us for that. He shows us in, in, the, in, the, in the positive seasons, not the positive, but the, the seasons where we feel like we're with him, he shows us that he is God so that we can remember that in the, the darker seasons. So I want you to all close your eyes. And think of an area or a situation or a person in your life that, that you, at the moment, think is out of God's control or is out of all control, that there's no possible hope in that situation. Once you have that on your mind, where has God shown you that he does have power over that situation? What miracles has God done that will reignite your faith? What promises has Jesus spoken over your life and that situation that means he is in control? Maybe you're, in a, you're not in that season of darkness, but you're that, in that season on that mountaintop where you feel so close to Jesus. He is so tangible and viscous in, in, within you. What is God preparing you for? What can you place your feet upon the firm foundation of Jesus? What rhythms, what routines is he building up on you that he wants you to focus on? What specific areas of his character does he want you to grasp a hold of and, and, and run towards? And where might he be challenging you to, to build up that unity with others, to build relationships for preparation in times of difficulty that you might be able to bring Jesus into that situation.
And I challenge you in these, in these coming weeks to, to write down these promises that Jesus is speaking over you, to read through the scripture when you reach a place of hopelessness. And be reminded of the prayer that Jesus himself speaks over you. He says, my prayer is not that, I, that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus has prayed that he is going to protect you from the evil one. He has prayed that he will sanctify you by the truth, and the word is the truth. He's prayed that you may all be in unity and together as God and Jesus are one. Maybe you, you might not quite be in a situation that's desperate but you're not necessarily feeling as close to God as you once have or you, or you wish to so I'd like to invite you in this time to ask God for uh, ask the spirit for a renewal of faith where you might not feel prepared for this season of, of dryness, of, of desert, but pray for a, a revival in your hearts to fix your eyes back on Jesus and look through the scriptures and see what he has planned for you because it it's a beautiful plan that Jesus has for you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about Locking Castle Church, please visit our website at lockingcastlechurch.org.